Hi there. If you're listening to this, then you're not on our members only podcast feed where we have this episode in its entirety, plus a ton of other mental wellness content just for parents, like on the go audio articles, parent focused meditations, and special episodes with me and Audra. So head on over to yescollective.co, become a supporting member, and we'll get you your own private podcast feed today. Welcome to the Yes Collective Therapist Circle, where we bring on one of our amazing therapists to answer your parent mental health questions, talk about the parent mental health theme of the month, and give us some practical emotional fitness tools to bring into our daily lives. Remember, you can submit your questions in advance or RSVP and submit your questions live by going to the events tab in the Yes Collective app. We'll see you at the next one. Welcome to the Yes Collective podcast and welcome to the Therapist Circle. So once a month, we bring on one of our Yes Collective therapists to answer your parent mental health questions, talk about the parent mental health theme of the month, and give us some practical emotional fitness tools to bring into our daily lives. So this week, we have the wonderful Bridget Cross, a licensed therapist who specializes in perinatal and maternal mental health. She practices and lives with her beautiful family here in Savannah, Georgia. She was on our podcast in episode 15, and we are thrilled to have her back. Bridget, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be with you again. Oh yeah. my gosh. So every, yeah, so every month we just come, come on and we take uh, parents' questions but it's not just throwing questions at you. We also want to talk about the theme of the month. And we also just want to keep this loose and flowing. Um, so before we get started, I do want to check in. We talked just really briefly and summer has begun here. For some people, they think summer is just this like time to relax and it's everything just chills out and it's vacations. But I have heard from so many parent friends, so many that it's just like, it's like, it's even more crazy. It's even more, you know, yeah. So what's happening for you, Bridget? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely feel that. Um, I mean, I feel very fortunate that I'm able to send my kids to some camps because those camps are expensive and I'm very aware that they're not available to most people. So Mm. I think there's like, just, especially when you're a working parent, I know that's like your focus this month summer vacation is really disruptive. And yes, like there is, I did feel some relief at first of like being kind of out of the grind, having more relaxed mornings, not having to kind of get onto my kids in the morning about being in the schedule and get the shoes on. Yeah, totally. And my kids are young still, they're five and seven. And so, you know, it's, it's a lot in the morning to keep them on track. Um, And so there is some relief in that, but for sure, like I think what I'm struggling with is that every week is like a different schedule with a different time frame. And I am like, I think so many parents with younger kids, like I am a creature of routine, like I thrive in routine. My kids do too. And so every day kind of thinking who's going where, who's dropping off, who's picking up, what time, who needs to be, where, when, this makes me feel crazy, but also like a little ragey at times because there's no sense of like ground. And for me and my work, 
because I work, I, I'm self-employed as a therapist and my partner works like a regular kind of regular nine to five job. It's like when there's gaps in like say childcare or school, I fill those in. Oh, um, that makes, yeah. Because that's just sort of yes, how our jobs sense. are oriented. And that's like why I work for myself so I can have that flexibility. So I feel really lucky to have it, but it also means I'm filling in all the gaps and all of the time that I sort of structure out for myself during the school year is <laughs> poof. Gone. It's just gone. It's gone. And then there's also, I will just add in this element. I feel anyway, I feel like I hear this from a lot of moms, this weird pressure, mostly self-inflicted to make summer like fun and special and exciting and like interesting and and I just oh it's like I don't have it in me. I'm like we just need to get through these days so we can get back to school. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. I, I yeah, thank you for calling that out. Yes, the expectations around summer. Oh, oh. Yeah, right, right. And a lot. Yeah, and yeah. honestly, I think a lot of them are mine because my kids are still young enough that like I mean they're excited to be off school, but they don't have all these associations with like summer break that like we do as adults, you know, from our childhood or whatever. And but yeah, it is. It does feel like pressure and it it's just a lot it, it's i mean we are having fun they are having fun i think they're fine <laughs> yeah they're fine <laughs> mom and dad are a different yeah 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 oh my god yeah and i'm appreciating that like how the challenges just change as the kids get older. And so now, sure. you know, we have a 15 year old and a 12 year old who are totally sufficient, self-sufficient. The only issue is if Audra and I do not really focus on what they're doing, then it's just screens. The end. Like, it's like, oh. <laughs> it's like oh. Fortnite and Roblox. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. there, I mean, there, I'll, I'll say there have been a couple of days where Audra and I are just too busy. And it's like, oh uh -huh. my God, our, our kids were playing video games all day long. Yeah. Oh, I, I know you're not alone in that. I mean, and there's days where my kids are the same. It's just that it looks like, you know, like a million episodes of like Wild Kratts or something. Wild Kratts. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. 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 So, oh, I'm just feeling like just giving ourselves just grace. Yeah. yeah. Just a lot of grace. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. All right. So let's dive in and see mm -hmm. what is life. Okay. So, first, dear listeners, mm -hmm. um, Bridget and I had the most amazing therapist circle conversation last month. It was so great. I mean, really, I'm not even just joking. Like it was really, really great. And um, then at the end, I was like, so stoked. I'm like, oh, that was a, that, that was perfect, man. I can't wait. And then I realized I forgot to record it. And so um, luckily our, uh, wonderful Alicia Wooth and Audra were able to record the very next day and we were able to put out a therapist circle. Um, and they talked about some of these questions, not all of them, but I did want to circle back and touch on a few of them that I felt like were Bridget is uniquely, um, qualified because you work with so many mothers, you work with so many parents. So I just wanted to touch on a few of these. And so the first one is, all right. So um, now here, I need to catch my space. All right. So the first question, I had no idea 
how emotionally hard it would be to go back to work after maternity leave. Mm-hmm. How can new moms prepare or get help for this transition? All right. Yeah. Take two. <laughs> yeah. I feel this so much because I, I think it is so emotionally difficult and demanding in all kinds of different ways. And I, I think what's important is that it that can look different on each person, right? Like for some people, it can be emotionally difficult to just leave your baby, to be away from your baby. For other people, it can be emotionally difficult because it actually feels great to leave your baby. And then that brings up a lot of strange or negative oh, yeah. feelings or associations. And so to me, it's kind of like what's most important when you're in it is just showing yourself, like you say, like a lot of grace, a lot of self-compassion around this experience, which is like a really deeply challenging experience a lot of the time, especially when we look at like what maternity leave generally looks like in our country. It is not enough for moms who are ready to go back to work. That's great, but it's actually still not enough because there aren't still enough supports around moms and parents to really help them in their transition back to work. It's kind of like this assumption, like you're just going to kind of go back to your old life after having like a vacation. And most people who've been on parental leave can really feel that this is not a vacation. (laughs) It's like you've been at the hardest job you've ever been at for three months and then you have to go back to your real job. And again, like three months is generous in our country, which is wild. So I just mostly like really want to validate that, how difficult it is. And then I think what's hard is that this is really something that most parents are not really facing or planning for until after their baby's born. And even sometimes like not until they actually go back to work and then they're suddenly like, oh my God, I don't have a plan. I don't have supports. I feel so awful. This is really something that we have to plan for during pregnancy. Like it needs to be part of all, it needs to have as much time as like planning for your baby shower, planning for your birth plan, planning for, you know, what clothes your baby's going to wear, like your maternity clothes, like all of this stuff that like people spend so much time and energy on that's important. Like, and it, that's the fun stuff too. So I get why that is right. But this needs to be part of it, like from the beginning. And like, especially if you have an employer from the start, really trying to understand what are your policies at your workplace? What does leave look like? What are you going to be earning or not? Is there going to be any um, compensation during maternity leave benefits? What supports are going to be in place for you when you get back to work? For some people, like, can you split up your time off to maybe extend your maternity leave, but work half time? I did that. That was really great. You know, just all of these questions that I, I generally see and also myself experienced, you're not asking until it's like a week or two before you go back to work. And it's just too late at that point. I mean, you you do it, but it's like, it's going to be really difficult. And knowing all of that and like having that support or that plan in place, it doesn't necessarily make it feel easier to leave your baby because that's always most of the time going to be difficult to some extent. But at least you have like a kind of frame around it of like understanding what that's going to look like and then being able hopefully to kind of add in different supports from partner, family, friends, coworkers, neighbors, whatever is needed to just feel like when that day comes to go back to work, you know kind of what you're getting into and you have a plan in place. 
Yeah. So I'm hearing that planning is like the biggest theme here. So we, mm-hmm. we want to plan for this. And mm-hmm. then, so there's the, a practical component and you talked about all of these practical planning components. And then there's this emotional component that I imagine is really if a mom, if a new mom has access to a therapist, that mm-hmm. this would be the time. So I'm wondering if a mom she only has a limited amount of time or a limited Mm -hmm. amount of funds. And is like, when is the best time to get that support? Is it before the baby's born Mm -hmm. right after, or when she goes to work, if she has to choose, ideally it would be all three. Right. But sure. I mean, ideally I, I have a sort of biased take on this. I think it benefits all pregnant and birthing parents to start in with a therapist or some form of therapeutic support in pregnancy to carry you through. Um, And I say that because like all things, it's harder to do them once you have a new baby. (laughs) And so starting, you know, looking for a therapist, finding one, starting a new therapy relationship when you're in a postpartum time is just, it's more challenging. You can absolutely do it. But I think having that support in place before your baby's here is super, super important. And I feel like in the clients I work with, generally the moms, especially first-time moms who will come to me in pregnancy, seem to not like, it's not like they're having an easier time, but I think they just generally feel more supported in postpartum time and then in getting back to work if that's up for them as well. Um, But I also just kind of want to acknowledge like, First of all, therapy isn't for everyone. Not everyone wants therapy and that's totally okay. Also, it's not accessible to everyone to have access to really good, qualified, trained perinatal therapeutic support. I get that. Um, So there's also like support groups for new moms, support groups for working parents, support groups for parents who have, you know, like any other number of other issues going on. And I think honestly, like, especially in postpartum time and an adjustment, I think that that peer support from other parents who are in like similar spaces as you are, like similar ages of baby or similar life experience is really like as valuable as therapy a lot of the time. Um, Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So peer, yeah. so peer support going mm-hmm. back to work and so then important. Yeah. 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 And then I love this calling out of uh, this, of getting support before the baby is born. Like that, that is, that's for, for me and, you know, for me and Audra, like, but yeah, we had, we had no idea. We just had. You no do, well, you don't. What, and you can't. What, what we were <laughs> doing. Totally. And, and also like, it's not like having support before the baby necessarily makes it less shocking, but you have like, it's like you have a safe place to land. Whereas I think most, at least first time parents are like, the floor just dropped out and there's just nothing. The floor yeah. just dropped out. <laughs> All right. So that's just the beginning of the journey. Our next parent question is, okay, what happens now 12 years later? <laughs> you have a 12-year-old. Tell me. <laughs> and so the parent question is my teen daughter and I get into arguments that end with her saying she hates me and wishes I wasn't her mother. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to respond to that? Yeah. Yeah. I really like feel for this question. And um, a lot of it, like I said, my kids are a little younger, but I feel like I can tell 
partly in their temperament and personality that this is going to be very much in my future. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I really like appreciate the chance to think about it. Um, I, in general, I think when dealing with these like real intense moments of distress and discomfort and upset in relationships with our kids, before you do anything, you have to just take care of yourself. So I would say to this parent, the first thing that they need to do is tune in to what's up with themselves, to their own feelings, their own reactions, what comes up with you when your child says this, what emotions are are triggered, what past experiences maybe from your own childhood are triggered, really getting super in contact with yourself. Um, Because if you don't do that, you're just kind of joining your kid, which by the way, happens all the time in reactions, right? We're just react, 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 react. And that's not going to get us anywhere, even though obviously that's very common. (laughs) So I think checking in with you and then trying to like really do whatever you need to, to regulate your system, to try to get yourself feeling grounded, feeling safe, feeling slightly less activated. I mean, I'm imagining myself in that situation and I feel like I could think my face would be red. I would be shaky. I might be like clenching my fists. I might be feeling like I'm about to spew fire. Um, That's just me. And so trying to really take some intentional space to just like regulate my system, which doesn't mean that that doesn't matter or it doesn't affect me, but it's that I can't respond until I'm regulated. Mm. Um, So that is like, to me, just necessary step one. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And one of the things that is coming up for me is now I have not heard. So I'm going to just going to call out uh, my relationship with my daughter. So, so, cause I, and uh, this was not a question that I, (laughs) this was not my (laughs) parent question, but close in the past, she and I have butted heads and, um, gosh, sometime in this past year, we were, there was just this cycle that was just getting started. And I resonate so much with what you were saying about like this, you know, acting out this reaction and then it just builds. And so there was one, uh, I don't remember any of the details except that I had asked her to do something was probably unloading the dishes. Like the dishes is, is kind of this big thing between her and I, because it's on her chore list and Mm -hmm. the dishes can't go in the dishwasher unless the dishes have been, and, and her brother needs to put them in. So it's like holding up this whole line, holding up everything. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm, I'm sure it was around that. And I might've said something like just unload the dishwasher or something like that. And she repeated it in a mocking tone. like, And, and (laughs) like it, I was triggered and I was about to just like, I, I, I don't know. I probably was about to say, okay, you're, you know, you're, you won't have your phone for a week or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I stopped and I remembered, so, so I've done quite a bit of, training in authentic relating, which if anybody's interested, they can read more about authentic relating in Yes Collective. And one of the skills that we learn in authentic relating is just to reveal your experience. And so, Mm. and, and I've witnessed 
before and since the power of just revealing one's experience because mm-hmm. it's so connecting it's like all mm-hmm. of a sudden this like back and forth battle starts to soften and that's and and so i just revealed my experience and i said Maisie, like when you said that i heard it in a mocking tone and i felt like i felt alone like or no i'm feeling no i remember now I'm feeling alone. Like I'm feeling mm-hmm. like, like dropped and like, you don't care for me. And I, I remember just describing like what was coming up hearing that tone and, and like, I'm just so disconnected from you here. And mm-hmm. that was what, and I just revealed as much as I could. And then she, it just, it just kind of like short circuited what was happening. And she was like, Oh, and she didn't know how to respond. I remember. And she was like, well, I didn't mean it like that. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, that's how I heard it. And, and so, and I, if I recall correctly, she didn't really know what she was like, okay, fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she ended up unloading the dishwasher. It wasn't it like, like it resets, it resets the and, <laughs> Yeah. But it wasn't like, oh, all of a sudden the clouds parted. She was like, dad, I love you. I never meant to yeah. hurt you. No, no, no. Like none of that. But it, but it was just like, whatever dynamic was happening, it was like, and she was like, okay, I don't know what's going on here. I'll just unload the dishwasher. <laughs> She's like, that's being really weird. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Totally, totally, totally. And, but I'll tell you that it, it hasn't happened since then. And I think this is like wow. a year ago wow. and it would, yeah, it's, it, I mean, you know, we'll still, we'll still get into things, but she hasn't done that like mocking tone again. And it's not like, yeah, there wasn't a punishment. There wasn't, it. we didn't, it, it was just like, I wonder as well for teenagers if they're coming into a new power almost like all sorts of new powers, you know, and one of them is just like a quick wit and, Mm -hmm. and learning, you know, how to hurt, (laughs) how to hurt other people. And I think it's really powerful just to reveal our experience to say, Oh my God, like, I'm, I'm wounded. And I think there's well, I have an assumption that for many parents, myself included, that there's a fear of losing authority in that. hundred percent, a hundred percent. I, and I, I love that story so much because I also feel like in you being able to do that, which by the way, is really hard to like stop yourself in that activated space. Oh, it took a lot of, you feel? yeah, like a lot of authentic related training. <laughs> it's <Okay>. really hard. <laughs> but also I imagine that you actually doing that and stopping and like tuning in and then verbalizing it probably regulated you too. Like that mm. oh, yeah, helped yeah, you to yeah. settle somewhat versus being with her over here and like, right. And so it's, it actually is like, a, it's, it is successful on two different levels, right? Yeah. That's so interesting. Cause I don't, when I get really triggered, it takes a while to regulate. And so I'll mm-hmm. need to, you know, and, but I feel like if I can start to tune in and talk about it, it happens much faster. Like it's, yes. it's it, the, yeah, yeah. The, yeah the, just something about sharing this mm-hmm. and tuning in and trying to figure it out on the fly. Like, what is this? Right. And I, and I'll start with just a physical sensation of like, uh-huh. Oh, like, 
okay, my, my chest is tight. And I loved how you did as well. Like you're like, okay, clammy and, you know, and, and I, because at first it's like, I don't even know how I feel, but I do, but I do know the physical sensations. I, I I at least know that I'm feeling, yeah, like warm in my face and Mm -hmm. my chest is tight and, you know, um, and then after I start to describe the physical sensations, I can then start to feel, oh, yeah, there's uh, like, I feel abandoned, you know, and, Absolutely. and, and I would say that that has value doing that, even if you're not necessarily articulating that to your kid. So like for this parent, who's asking this question, I feel like that process is really useful in that moment when her kid's saying, whatever it was, I hate you. Don't be my mom. Even if you're not articulating that to your kid, what your experience is, I actually think just being able to like go inside for a moment and and notice it is, is also super valuable. Um, But I also just wanted to say to your point about the power, I think that like, that's also really important to acknowledge in these dynamics, like, especially where our kids are say, just being really mean or like yucky or ugly toward us is that like, I think it's really hard and it's hard to know how to interact with it in those moments, but this is also like a big part of their development. And especially in teenage time of like, it's kind of like another version of toddlers of finding all the boundaries and pushing against them. And the reason they do it with their parents most is because that's where they feel safest. That's where they feel safest. I (laughs) love that. And and that doesn't make it okay, like we still have boundaries with our kids, right? Like there's still rules, like you won't call me this, you won't hit whatever your rules are, but the feeling, the emotional experience, there can be a lot of space made for that once we regulate ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. They they can't, hating your parents when you're a teenager, (laughs) but it's actually like, it's really normal and it's really Mm. kind of part of your developmental process. Yeah. As long as yeah. there are boundaries to that and rules around how that is expressed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I love is, and I'll need to explore this more, so I'm not committed to this, but mm-hmm. uh, the idea that rules and boundaries, I mean, when, uh, as kids grow older, they start to see like, why, like that rules why? arbitrary or, you know, or, or okay, you're not allowed to say that you hate me. You're just not allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes like, all, all, all right, I can, I can hate you and I've got all this stuff, but you just don't want to hear it. Or, you know, you, you just want to mm-hmm. set up rules to distance my feelings or what I'm feeling into around me revealing my experience is that I didn't have to set any rules. Like exactly. it was what, yeah. what it was 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 showing like Maisie you have the power mm-hmm. to to hurt me I also remember I don't know if it was in this scenario but in another one I know for sure I was saying I love you so much I would never what you said to me I promise you I promise you I mm. will never say to you and mm. and just to to start to establish that we're relating to each other as two human beings. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, <Totally. laughs> like Which is we don't have to set, set rules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking with teenagers, it's such a beautiful thing actually to be able to do that. Right. You're still the parent, you're still in charge, but you're also like, I, I'm talking to you like human to human right now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 
Yeah. And, and I'm like, like, I don't need to set rules with my friends in that way. It's, it's, it's like, if we start to treat each other poorly, then we're just not going to be friends. Now with child, I mean, I'll still be her, her, you know, father, but it's like, we can, we can choose to like treat each other in an authentic way and, and still, you know, love each other. And, and um, I'm still working through the idea of boundaries and rules as these like hard and fast things. Um, well, totally. I mean, I think the thing is, especially in parenting, like our boundaries and rule, I mean, I feel like they're not quite the same, but boundaries anyway, tend to move and they tend to evolve over time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I actually think as awful and hurtful as it is to hear, I hate you. And I wish you weren't my mom. Mm -hmm. I actually feel like that does fall on the side of I'll allow it because <laughs> it's an expression of a feeling of an experience, right? Yeah. Versus a few mom, you're an idiot, right? Yeah. To me, it's like those get more, that gets more into the realm of being like abusive, right? Of being more kind of like aggressive Ooh. and, um, and really hurt, like intentionally okay. hurtful. Yeah. And yeah. I know, I'm sure this child also is probably thinking I'm trying to hurt you, but I hate you and wish you weren't my mom. Like, ouch, it hurts to hear. And I'm going to take care of myself around that. But also it's like, that's your experience. And I see that right now and yeah. I still love you and <laughs> we'll check in later. Right. Yeah. What's coming up for me would be a next step of saying, what do you need? Like, totally. what do you need? And in in, in it's like, what, what, I mean, it doesn't have to be in that straightforward of a way, but what's coming in for me is like, what are you needing that you're not getting? Because what, what is happening here mm -hmm. is, I mean, it has to be some expression that the way things are going, it, it's not working mm -hmm. <laughs> and you're needing totally. something that you're not getting. Yeah. Totally. It's so true. And and yet I also feel like that can't really be looked at or dug into until the experience feeling Hey there, if you want to hear the full episode, become a daily wellness member at yescollective.co and we'll send you your own private podcast feed to hear this and tons of other members only Yes Collective content.